0: Welcome to episode one of the Relationship Hour podcast. I'm your host, Anna. And today I'm going to talk about 27 things that happen when you turn 27. So let's get started. So I recently turned 27 about two weeks ago. And I think a combination of turning 27 and this whole COVID-19 thing being locked in a house for several hours of the day has taught me a lot. So one of the things that I think happen when you turn 27 is you start to understand patterns in your eating habits and habits that you establish over time. So I recently switched over to a vegan um, diet, which has been challenging but lovely at the same time. Uh, but I feel like a lot of the foods that I ate um, earlier in my life, uh, like dairy products or meat or anything like that, um, has had a different effect on my life once I turned 27. Um, so I think that at 27, your body starts to respond differently to those kinds of things. So it's time to listen to your body and be more aware. So one of the things that I cut off pretty early on was dairy and it has done wonders for my stomach. Shout out to not having dairy. Um, the second thing, I think it's, um, understanding that your body needs, you need to listen to your body more. For example, when I don't work out, um, honestly, I do feel more sluggish over the course of the day and I just don't feel like myself. So it's establishing habits that make your body feel better, but they also help you feel better because it's always good to release those endorphins and things so that you feel better. Um, number three, this is like, we're going to jump straight into it. So childhood trauma presents itself. And I think it presents itself in many different ways. For example, in, um, the friendships that you have and the types of partners that you look for or the partners that you're attracted to and your self-esteem. I think for example, um, it's not a coincidence that a lot of times, um, girls that have absent fathers, I think, uh, lean more towards men that have traits that are similar to their father's. So I think it's being able to identify what those traumas are so that, um, you can avoid them at all costs, honestly. Um, number four, I think we're on number four. Yeah. Number four. So I think it's coming into your own. You really learn, um, what you like and what you don't like as it pertains to like work and your personal life. Um, for example, um, the other day at work, like my supervisor asked me to stay late. And like, I wanted to, I wanted to be a team player. I really did. But I know that I don't want to do it. I know that it's going to be miserable for me. If I decide to stay late, like especially now with the Coronavirus, like work has been crazy. No, I'm not going to be a team player, I'm going to choose myself. So I think um, it's really good to stand in your truth at this age, you're able to really say when something Doesn't sit well with you, whether it's at work, whether it's in your personal life um, with friendships that you have or romantic relationships that you're able to say and voice things that you like and things that you dislike. And that doesn't mean that you have to be rude about it or just obnoxious. It just means like I'm not really feeling that. So I'm not going to do it. All right. Um, Number five, understanding who your parents are. This one is like tricky for me because I think we're taught in society to just like love your parents just because they're there. And a lot of people have parents that are not there or that aren't that good. So you're just supposed to appreciate your parents. And I think that we pretty much all do, but it's starting to understand that your parents are human too and they have flaws and they have um, traits that you might not love. And it's important to be aware of them. It's important to be aware of your expectations for your parents because Um, I don't think they're going to change. Unfortunately, only we can change. So it's being aware that the things that your parents can't necessarily change, you can choose to change for your life, whether it's with your children or with your relationships or just with how you feel about yourself. Um, number six, understanding who your friends are and the expectations that you have of them. Um, I think 27 is like a tricky age because, you're older, but you're not really old, old. Um, You have other responsibilities that you probably didn't have like in high school or in your early 20s, whether that's children or whether that's a relationship or whether that's work or hobbies or anything else that you might have. So I think it's being able to find a balance between what you expect from your friends and what they can actually deliver on. Um, We have to be aware that at this point, lives have changed. It's not like when you're in high school and everyone has time to go to Fridays after work. It's just not like that anymore. So I think it's being aware of that so that you are prepared um, for the outcome when people are just not available or people just don't show up. Um, number seven is funny. Understanding that our world has, you know, it's a little tore up. It's You start to see... Um, challenges within the system within your community within um, your town within wherever you are you start to see the cracks in the foundation as to why people act the way they are or people why people are who they are um, So I think that's when you start to feel like whether or not you want to make a choice to change something or if you want things to stay the same I say this because I used to work with teenagers and I feel like, teenagers people kind of treat them like throwaways and you start to see that when you start to see like people actually doing that people actually not being concerned for youth I think it really teaches you how like how the world has a lot of work to do how we as a people have a lot of work to do so I think at 27 you start to have a more firm grasp on that on what you know needs to be changed Um, number nine is like similar to the diet that I was talking about earlier. It's, um, understanding how your diet really affects your skin and your body. Um, I know personally when I have like greasy things like mayo or fried foods, my skin does not react well. So I think it's, it's all in all being aware of how certain foods or how certain things affect your body. Um, The next one is understanding the effects of alcohol. I know this is like tricky because at 27 drinks are just flowing, but you start to see how alcohol affects your body, how much sugar is in alcohol. So you start to see why people have beer bellies and why um, your body feels sluggish and you don't feel the same the next morning. I think you start to understand it. And I think, I mean, we all like a glass of wine here and there, but I don't think that um, in your younger years, when you actually start drinking at like 21 and 22, it's the same as when you're 27. I think if I go out and go crazy and drink now, like I'll be out of commission for the next 48 hours. Um, mm, oh my God, I love this one. 12 is like understanding that the music on the radio is not the real wave. I love that because I think that, a lot of times like out underground artists or people that are like not all over Instagram are not recognized. And it's really unfortunate. I think there's a lot of gems in Apple Music that we can really tune into. Like, well, now they're probably super Instagram famous, but um, I love Sabrina Claudio. I love Georgia Smith. I love so many people yeah like so many other people so like don't just stick to the radio like explore you start to explore other music if you've listened to like a certain genre your entire life i think 27 is like the age where you start to explore and like start bumping country music or something um a 13 this is funny it's like if you haven't gotten a house i think 13 is the age where you start to like be on zillow every day like looking at houses but like not saving up for them (laughs) <laughs> but just like browsing I'm looking for like houses with five bedrooms and three bathrooms that are way out of your budget. So I think it's coming into understanding what you want in the future. You start to like plant little seeds and see what type of lifestyle you want to live when you get older. I think we're at 14, but honestly I haven't been keeping track. So 14 is understanding your spending habits Um, I think there's a reason behind everything that we do. Um, So from going to the supermarket and buying five cereals, like to buying a bag that's like a grand, like it's understanding what your habits, your spending habits are and why you spend that way. Um, Because a lot of times um, we don't really think about that. We don't really think about why do I need three of the same shirts um, they're not going anywhere. It's not like the end of the world. Like, why do I need this? So I think you start to be a little more conscious in the amount of things that you buy and just patterns that you notice. Um, just to tie that one in, I think you start to shop a little more sustainably if you can, uh, because you start to know the sh- of like clothing from the likes of H&M and like Forever 21 and Old Navy just don't last So I think that's when you start buying more like timely pieces that um, will really like last you because you're not like 22. You're not you're no longer buying outfits to like go to the club one night. Like you need outfits that are versatile that you can wear for work, that you can wear out for drinks with your friends, that you can wear to a baby shower. So I think you start to really look at patterns in the clothing that you buy, like shirts that you wear once and then you wash them and they're like trash. So you start to really understand a little bit more about that. Um the next one is understanding and fixing your credit card debt that began like in your teens and your early 20s. If you're anything like me, I didn't have a great financial explanation or plan. So there's a lot of debt from being a teenager or being in your early 20s and credit cards being like forced down your throat that you start to really see the effects of that at this age when you want to buy like a house or when you want to buy big ticket items you start to see the effects of those things so it's understanding it and actually fixing it taking the time to really figure out how to get out of that hole I think that's really good all righty um the next one, oh my God, this one is very loaded. It's breaking generational curses. And like we could spend probably 45 minutes just talking about that. But I think it's understanding patterns within your family or patterns within your friendships that just continue to repeat themselves, whether that's domestic violence or whether that's controlling behaviors or whether that's lack of self love or whether that's normalizing things like cheating or bad behavior or anything like that. I think this is the time where you start to say, no, like I'm not putting up with it. So it's really good to be able to identify those curses that exist. And I think they exist in all families. So it's it's good to identify them and then really dive deep in so that they don't repeat themselves. Um, understanding negative people and how it can affect you. Understanding how you really subconsciously consume that negativity. And it's really the complete opposite of manifestation. So I think we all have a coworker or five at work that are extremely negative, people that complain about their job on a daily basis and do not leave the job. They just want to complain and they want to complain to you because you're probably nice and positive, kind of, and they feel like you're a comfortable, safe place for them to come to. So we we no longer have time for that at twenty seven. 27 is like I really don't have the time to consume this energy. So it's understanding that other people's energies can be transferred to you and they can really mess up your day. So when dealing with people like that, I really and I've have for a very long time in many of the roles that I've had, I've dealt with negative women and men that are miserable but they do nothing to change their reality. So it's dealing with people like that that can really mess up your day or just make you lose hope. And it's like, no, don't lose hope because Sally doesn't have her shit together. No, you need to step away from people like that so that you and your goals and your dreams can come true because nothing positive comes from sitting next to someone negative. Um, I think we're at like 19 or 20 or whatever, but let's keep going. Understanding that people who they understanding people for who they are. Wow, that that's a loaded one because people really do have control of changing their life and their experiences. So understanding people for who they are. And it's a challenging thing to do, especially when they're people that are close to you, like family or your best friend or your partner. It's understanding who they are and you don't necessarily have to like who they are that's perfectly fine. It's just understanding them. That's more of a way to keep yourself safe and protect yourself and your energy. Because when you know what to expect from someone, you don't get disappointed. Um, And I think that's big at this age, because you're not like a little kid anymore. So you expect people to be adults, just like you and keep their word. And some people are just not able to do that. So I think when you're able to see that and understand, you know what, this is what this person can do it really helps you in the long run. It really doesn't help the other person. It just helps you to be aware. And then you can be fine. Then you can have a perfectly good relationship with this person because you know what they can do and you know that you won't respond in a negative way if they continue the same behavior. Okay, this is a good one. Um, It's having a partner that can make you better and that does not exacerbate your triggers or your insecurities. So what do I mean by that? It's basically having someone that's, understands and knows what your triggers are and what your insecurities are and doesn't really hold that against you. I think that happens in a lot of relationships where you're really vulnerable and you're open with someone and it's flipped and in an argument it's just like thrown in your face and I think that that's extremely unhealthy and is an extremely large red flag like it's it's a large ass red flag if you are dating someone that is exacerbating your triggers or your insecurities and is gaslighting you. So I think it's understanding that there are partners that are out there that are willing to understand what your insecurities are and not necessarily hold them against you. 22, your period. Wow, this is fun. So I remember having my period in middle school and yeah, it was terrible. The cramps were terrible and I used to go through like a pack of pads every day. It was a nightmare. Um, But I think after like 21, my period kind of cooled down. Um, It wasn't as terrible. My hormones weren't that out of whack. I did go on birth control for like six years and it wasn't that crazy either. But recently, my period has been making me feel like a completely different person, like a psychopath, actually. Um, So I think it's understanding and preparing for your period. I don't know how many times I've gotten my period and I don't have like the medication that I need or my heat pads available or things that really help me relax, whether it's a tea or anything like that. So I think at 27, like you really need to plan and prepare for your period. You can no longer be the woman that's like, do you have a pad at work? Because no, you should have one because you know that you're going to get your period eventually and you know, it's going to be wonky and you're not going to know when you get it. So I think 27 is a good age to be prepared, prepare yourself. 23. And I think this is one of my biggest struggles in life It's being able to have cash and not spend it. I think at 27, you should be able to do that. You should be able to have like a solid, you know, $40 in your pocket and like not spend it. But for me, it's like itchy. It's like easier to spend the cash than to spend for my card. It's like a weird thing. So I think that that that's one of the paths that I'm on at 27 is that I need to learn how to do that. 24, I think 24 can honestly be 24, 25, 26, and 27, but we'll just keep it at 24. Um, I think 24 for me is struggling between being a girl's girl and being your man's girl. I think that no one really talks about that. No one talks about how challenging it is to balance your friendships and your relationship um, because your relationship is just with one person and your friendships are multiple people with multiple different personality with with different needs with different expectations of you because you've probably been very accessible and available to those friendships for a long time and here comes someone else that kind of takes all of that so I think it's normal to struggle with that but I think it's finding a balance um, between that because the reality is this is that age 27 is the age where you start coming into your own And you start to prioritize things that are a little more important to you and it might be your relationship. So I think it's normal to struggle, but it's um, helpful to balance it a little better. Okay, 25, understanding that the list of what you want in a partner has changed. I think 27 is a good, solid age where you start to say, you know what? I have a list of 27 things that I need in someone. And now the list is like 22. And it's not because we're going to lower our standards because God, no, that's not what we're going to do. But I think we're going to be more conscious of what traits we want. I think we're not going to want someone that's, I don't know, I can't even come up with anything good right now, but I think it changes. I think you honestly look for someone that's a little more stable. You don't want the guy that's like at the club spending $500 every Saturday, but, you know, lives in his mom's basement. So I think things change. You start to think about your future. 27 is like, it's like 30. It really feels like 30 to me. It's crazy. But I think your list changes. So it's helpful for you to, you know, change because this is what life is about. It's about change and it's about growth. 26. What are you saving for? I feel like everyone talks about saving, 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 but nobody really talks about what you're saving for or what you're saving towards. And I think this sounds really cheesy, but I think vision boards are very helpful. I'm a very visual person, so I do like to see things. And I think it's helpful to have a vision board where you wake up and you see this every day that's constantly reminding you of your goals when we are constantly bombarded with other things. We're constantly bombarded with marketing for products and for services and for things that we don't necessarily need. I think it's important to keep a firm grasp on what is actually important to you. So whether that is the house, whether that is the kids, whether it is a husband, a wife, whatever it is, it's important to have it where you can see it and you're able to manifest it, I think. And 27, this one is like, I'm I'm late to the party, but I'm at the party. It's skincare. It's taking care of your skin. It's SPF. It's really being aware of what you're putting in your body and how it affects your skin. And being having the night routine, having the day routine. No, you don't need to be like the YouTubers and have 87 products and serums that you apply. But no, it's definitely time to have a... A, a Sephora moisturizer. Like we're not going to use the Walmart one anymore. Like we we really need to step our game up. So I think it's important to do that. It's important to do the masks and the self care because it needs to be normalized for you to feel good for, good about yourself and take care of yourself. So I think that's that's kind of my list for 27. Obviously, there's like a bajillion more things that I could think of, but I think this is my list for now and. Thank you, everyone, for listening. You guys are awesome. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe. Share this podcast with your friends. Rate us wherever you listen. Thank you to my producer, Francis, And remember to follow us on Instagram at Relationship Hour. Until next time.